Welcome to the AI Hustle Podcast, the podcast where we break down the latest in AI news, tools, and interview experts helping you hustle and do more using AI. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that over the last six months, I've been working on a stealth AI startup. Of the hundreds of projects I've covered, this is the one that I believe has the greatest potential. So today I'm excited to announce AI Box. AI Box is a no-code AI app building platform paired with the App Store for AI that lets you monetize your AI tools. The platform lets you build apps by linking together AI models like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and Eleven Labs eventually will integrate with software like Gmail, Trello, and Salesforce so you can use AI to automate every function in your organization. To get notified when we launch and be one of the first to build on the platform, you can join the waitlist at AIbox.ai. The link is in the show notes. We are currently raising a seed round of funding. If you're an investor that is focused on disruptive tech, I'd love to tell you more about the platform. You can reach out to me at jaden at AIbox.ai. I'll leave that email in the show notes. On the show today, we are going to break down some advancements in neural connectivity and AI. And the big headline is that some Swiss scientists recently helped rebuild a spinal cord with AI and help someone walk again. This is incredible, especially with companies like Neuralink working on that. And on that uh, note, Neuralink also has some news, the fact that they just got the FDA uh, green light to continue um, their first inhuman clinical study. So we're going to break down the controversy around all of this, the incredible news, the wins, and what is happening in AI, science, and neural connectivity today. So the first big thing, like I said, is that um, scientists in Switzerland recently helped a man by the name of Gert Jean Oscom, who he's been paralyzed from the waist down for over 10 years, and they've helped him to regain control over the lower half of his body with AI. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you have probably inevitably heard me talk about um, mind reading AI that has come out a while ago, right? Essentially, they um, put your head, you, they put you under an fMRI scanner, uh, they scan your brain while you're thinking thoughts, um, they use those thoughts, they send them uh, through a neural network to help decode them. And then it learns how your brain fires and it can essentially read your mind. Now, of course, we've talked a lot about the dystopian, you know, the Chinese Communist Party can use this to uh, read minds or anyone can use it to read the minds of someone that may not like their mind to be read. But we have not talked about some of the incredible use cases for this. And the first one right here is the is the fact that they were able to help someone walk again using this exact same technology. So Oscom, he's been paralyzed from the waist down since 2011. He had a motorcycle accident. Um, and so the scientists, what they, what they found a way to do is actually to create a digital bridge between his brain and his spinal cord. So essentially, they're bypassing an injured section of his spine, which is now allowing him to walk again. As you know, for people that have spinal injuries, oftentimes they will go, um, they, won't have, they won't be able to move their legs or anything below their waist. And that is due to damage in the spinal vertebrae. So the researchers, essentially, they captured his thoughts and using the same kind of AI thought decoder that I've talked about in the past, they were able to translate his thoughts into spinal cord stimulation. And they were able to reestablish voluntary movement. Um, and I think what's even better than just that is the fact that he's also shown signs of neurological recovery. So pretty much being able to walk on crutches with the implants turned off. I think, you know, being able to do this, it's help, st helping to stimulate different parts of his brain and helping to retrain his body in a way that was never possible before. 
I think this is really uh, amazing and I'll break down exactly how this device works. So essentially the first thing they do is they have an implant uh, implanted into your brain over the uh, semi-motor cortex and it collects the signals for the movement, right? So he's thinking, I would like to move this leg, I would like to move that leg, he's imagining walking. So they're, they're collecting those signals. Um, there is then an antenna which is attached to the top of his head. Um, not like a giant, you know, antenna, but a piece of metal attached to the top of his head that uh, transmits a signal. And of course, this whole thing is not, you know, talk. it's not on the cloud. It's not Internet of Things. This isn't talking to a server. So he actually has to wear a backpack. And in the backpack, he has, um, it's essentially a portable base station and processing unit for all of this AI. It's running uh, right there. And so the antenna transmits um, to the brain-spine interface, and it converts the signals into stimulation commands. So the AI is essentially reading his mind, um, and it's sending the commands are then transmitted to an implant pulse generator. So the implant pulse generator is uh, attached to his spine, and um, it's, a, it's an implanted 16-electrode paddle, which essentially just generates targeted epidural electrical stimulation. So it's you know, I don't know if I don't know if this is 100% accurate, but in my mind, how this works, if you've ever used those like electrode, they're like little gel things that you stick on your like muscles, your arms, and then it electrocutes it, and it like your arms essentially involuntarily like move. Um, I'm assuming it's something similar to this, where it's a paddle attached directly to your spine. It has electrical pulses, um, and that helps you to actually move the muscles on your your body. And what's incredible is that. Uh, this is literally coming straight from his mind. So his mind says, you know, move my right foot forward. The pulses hit the right place that moves his right foot forward. So this is absolutely incredible. I think more incredible is the fact that even without this, it's like re it's, it's like fixing things in his body so that he's actually able to do this even without um, the, the unit on all the time. And of course, a lot of people have said a lot of dystopian things, but reading, you know, reading people's reactions to this, uh, there was someone that, I don't know, was, I thought it was pretty interesting. He said, my quadriplegic friend died recently. He was coming home from a high school graduation party when a car hit him and broke his back. He's lived in a wheelchair um, for his life. Nothing else below his neck worked. Um, he was super funny. I always remember him, right? Um, you know, reading a story like this really just makes me think of the fact that, like, there are so many people that this technology is going to incredibly improve their life. So many people have lived their lives, um, you know, with these injuries and had no hope, no solution. And uh, I think this is a really, really incredible technology. Seeing this has honestly made me more, more bullish on projects like Neuralink than anything else. Um, in the past, you know, I've called Neuralink and all of these mind reading technologies very creepy. Um, I'm, you know, all for AI, but I feel like sometimes it, it crosses the line. But when you see... Uh, when you see a use case like this, you can't help but think, you know, like what an incredible advancement in technology. So on that note, um, we do have some big news out of we have some big news out of uh, Neuralink. And that is a fact they, they just tweeted today. They said, we're excited to share that we have received the FDA's approval to launch our first inhuman clinical study. This is a result of incredible work by the Neuralink team in close collaboration with the FDA. And it represents an important first step. Uh, that will one day allow our technology to help many people. Recruitment is not yet open for our clinical trial. We'll announce more information on this soon. So, as you know, I don't know if you if you follow this too closely, but there's a lot of, I guess, negative sentiment around Neuralink. It's kind of one of the first ones where people are like, I don't want to implant in my brain. 
uh, all of the obvious reasons, you know, people responding to their tweet are like posting pictures of people's heads with like USB ports in them. And they're saying like USB B or USB C, you know, like, so people are making fun of it. And, uh, it's, it's, <laughs> to be honest, I would say it's pretty overwhelmingly negative. People are saying like, you know, memes about people trying to sleep and then like their brains starts playing a bunch of ads and stuff like that. Um, and in addition, there was another news story, which I'm not sure how accurate it is. Someone shared, but allegedly Neuralink has killed about 1,500 animals, including more than 280 sheep, pigs, and monkeys following experiments since uh, 2018. So, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about the fact that since they have been testing this, uh, you know, animal like animals have died in, in their testing and whatnot. What I would say is, like, there's a reason... There's a reason they started with animals, and of course it's sad if 1,500 animals died, but, like, and normally I think it would be quite easy to be pessimistic about the whole Neuralink and the whole project and everything around that, but after um, after seeing what just happened in Switzerland with that research team, I honestly have a hard time being pessimistic. Like, it's incredibly inspiring. It's one of the most incredible use cases and advancements in AI, and so I'm switching my opinion from being pessimistic about Neuralink to um, you know, as long as it's used for medical reasons to help people um, with disabilities, quite uh, quite optimistic, to be honest. Um, yes, it is sad that there has been, you know, 1,500 animals have died. I would say the reason that they did these experiments on animals is because they knew that they were risky. They're implanting something into your brain and they had to get it right. Uh, there's a lot of different uh, there's a lot of different things that had to go into that. Now, I will say that there is um, there would appear to be two separate uh, ways to go about this problem. And I've listened to other uh, companies as well that are talking about this. One of them is a little bit more intrusive. It's Neuralink where they're literally implanting something into your brain, meaning there are wires going into your brain, little bits of almost like um, essentially almost like uh, acupuncture, really, really fine needles going into your brain to measure pulses. That would appear to be uh, quite intrusive. Now, um, for things... For things like an MRI, fMRI scanner that can literally just sit on your head, which I'm assuming Apple, when it releases its headset, inevitably they're going to start having fMRI scanners in the Apple headsets. Um, Meta has all but said that they will do that eventually. They said they would. They said um, they would like to start getting fMRI data uh, to be incorporated into VR. So I mean, that's just how they're going to do it. So that is a less intrusive way of doing this, right? You can just have a scanner scanning your brain. And I've also heard of other companies that have something more like um, saran wrap that just lays on top of your brain that can be pulled off. Um, so there are a lot less intrusive ways to do this than the implant, which it would appear Neuralink is doing. So I'll be interested to see what technology and company finds the most success because inevitably I feel like if um, someone could wear maybe like a, a headset, a VR headset, for example, and use that in connection with the Swiss with the Swiss scientist technique. So it's, uh, you're able to walk just using that. I think a lot of people would opt for that versus a, a surgery that goes into your brain. But I do think still some people will potentially would want an implant that's less obvious. You could just like theoretically live a normal life where you don't have any visible gear eventually, um, aside from perhaps your computer, although those will all eventually get smaller. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how this evolves. But I would say I'm incredibly optimistic. This is incredible news. People are able to walk again that previously had spinal injuries um it has already been done but i will say that um the company that the switzer the swiss company has said that uh it's going to be quite a while before this is actually readily available for anyone and so 
Um, it's not like this is going to be just right out of the gate ready for mass production, but this is something coming down the line and I think this is going to change a lot of lives. So a very interesting area we'll continue to follow. If you are looking for an innovative and creative community of people using ChatGPT, you need to join our ChatGPT creators community. I'll drop a link in the description to this podcast. We'd love to see you there where we share tips and tricks of what is working in ChatGPT. It's a lot easier than a podcast as you can see screenshots, you can share and comment on things that are currently working. So if this sounds interesting to you, check out the link in the comment. We'd love to have you in the community. Thanks for tuning in to the AI Hustle podcast. If you could do us a massive favor, we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps people find the podcast. It helps people know this is a good place to go. And we would really, really appreciate it as it helps us continue to bring on incredible guests and share incredible content for you to listen to.